0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: Youth baseball talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk brought to you by the Rope Trainer. Uh, our good friends Earl Perrin, John Smoltz, Chris Vernon. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check them out at theropetrainer.com. We'll hear from Kirk McNabb a little later with the Rope Report. I'm always, you know, in, just interested in what Kirk's going to have for us. He's doing such a great job of letting our listeners know about the Rope how to use it, what it's used for, how to incorporate it in your daily routines. If you're really following along, you're going to find out exactly what The Rope Trainer can do for you. So, again, make sure you check them out. We appreciate them. We could not do the show without them. That's theropetrainer.com. I don't want to mess around today, man. I got that. We, We got the guest. You know, we did the Perfect Game experience last week, my own personal. And today I'm going to let a guy that knows what he's talking about tell you a little bit more and inform you a little bit about Perfect Game. So I want to get right to it. Before we do, we want to remind you, check us out, youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our website. Uh, You can simply subscribe to the show there, or you can check out some of the great videos. You'll see stuff from Kurt McNabb. You'll you'll see some of the other stuff that's on there, past episodes, kind of like Netflix. Every week I see that we've, you know, uh, even our first show we did two, three years ago, people are still listening to it. We appreciate it. Make sure you check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com, on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Hit us up on Facebook. YouthBaseballTalk.com, or you just simply type in YouthBaseballTalk there. or ask of you, simply like our Facebook page, uh, follow us on Twitter, and when you see our stuff, if you would share it, we would greatly appreciate it. It's really how you communicate these days. It means a lot to us. LineUpMedia.fm, we could not do the show without them. Fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. They take your entertainment time very seriously. You're obviously into podcasting. Check them out. I promise you you'll find another podcast within the network that you'll become – uh just hooked on you know like i said it's kind of like netflix right you'll find another one that i promise you you'll subscribe to our producer brian crock who sits in here and makes us sound like we know what we're doing we couldn't do it without him and let me tell you the guy i missed right at the very
3: beginning that i could not do the show without is my co-host spiker helms what's going on bud thanks crow i just saw pg 96 mile an hour fastball by this kid right-handed pitcher i cannot wait to talk to our guest
2: well i'll tell you what he i mentioned it last week i gave you my experience last week right my own personal experience. Um, a lot of feedback from that. People have had their own experiences. Um, majority of them really positive. There's some people that, think, ah, you know, I'm just not sure. I don't know that we need all this. And the, hey, listen, that's fine. That's fine. You know, uh, I think you used the analogy last week. You know, a Maserati versus a, or, or whatever. I listen. It's so not everybody has to drive one, right? Yeah. So, um, perfect game though. There's no doubt. It is the premier setting for you to showcase your talents no doubt about it um, excited about hearing a little more about the company I guess it's come you know I mean you don't, we don't think of sports sometimes as companies but the reality of it is you do have to run your business excited to hear from a guy today that they've pegged as a guy that kind of speaks for him um, on a national stage he does a great job um, and, again, you know, he's been in baseball many years. You, know, you might have heard him with the, the Diamondbacks on their broadcast. Very well-spoken guy that, again, excited about this because it wasn't like – and, again, I respectfully, you know, hey, is there anything off topic? You know, I, obviously I want to talk about the Jeff Passon, but, you know, I'm thinking, ah, you know, we're not going to comment. No. Open book. Talk about anything. We, his quote – We don't get any better if we don't clean up our mistakes. He is all in. He is all in. As mentioned uh, earlier today, obviously, when we started the show and and last week uh, and announced it as simply a surprise and was very happy to to arrange this, uh, happy to have with us Darren Sutton, director of media for Perfect Game. As, um, as As I mentioned, he's here to be an open book about Perfect Game and answer some of the questions that a lot of our listeners have had both uh, positive and, and maybe some that are negative. So let's welcome in Darren Sutton with Perfect Game. How are you, sir? Good
4: morning. Thanks for having me on.
2: Um, you know, I mentioned to our listeners last week that I was excited about having you on because, um, you know, I had experienced my first Perfect Game event, and in doing some things with you guys and talking to you, you and I had had a conversation, and you actually, when agreeing to come on, one of the things that I thought were great was that, you know, I had asked you. You know, is there is there something you don't want to talk about? or something? And you were like, absolutely not. I'm an open book. We're an open, open book type situation. You know, I'm sure you know you're not perfect, but you guys provide an unbelievable opportunity for kids to showcase their skills. And I think in the end, that's what this is about and what you guys are about. But there are some people out there that have some negative things to say and I have my own opinions on that because I've always felt that the negativity from youth baseball especially sometimes comes when things don't work out the way we expect them to so rather than it being poor on somebody's end sometimes the expectations for someone just weren't reached and maybe they were unrealistic but that's a reality that we all live in but as far as you guys are concerned I was real excited about your willingness to come on here and just really be an open book
4: no I appreciate you guys having me on it's it's uh, it's a it's a new landscape. It's a landscape that provides an opportunity that uh, that you guys have taken advantage of and have such a large following. It's a it's a landscape that over the last two decades, as as we well know, your journeys as, as athletes, your journeys uh, as as uh, you know, professional baseball players on your end, and then and then and mine with my father playing and playing myself a little bit. And it's changed. And the you know some of the challenges are out there, um, but like any any business that grows those that jump in have to have courage and i think the interesting thing about perfect game is is uh you know the the decade plus maybe almost two decades plus in advance that jerry ford was with conceptually building showcases for his sons so that they could you know get the word out of who they were in iowa you know try to get scholarships to the usc's or the florida gators feeling they were flyover states and that's kind of where it started and so now you, you navigate through the challenges of, of, of having a company and landscape where it's it's all exploding quickly and there are a lot of smaller groups doing what you guys do so well. There's a lot of smaller groups doing what PG does, and uh, I think they're here to tell you that it's, it's hard to get going. So it's a unique it's a unique world. It's, it's somewhat new to me, maybe a half decade uh, after, you know, generation about a, about a half generation as a big league announcer, but I love every second of it because – I think as we're going to get into, I think if everyone constantly is putting the kids first, um, though we make mistakes, much like we do as parents, you know, we make mistakes as parents, but if our intent is good and we're putting the kids first, then we learn and we grow. So I love, I love talking about this stuff.
2: Well, my first question to you'll be kind of a broad one and I'll let you kind of attack it. And that is this, what in your opinion is perfect games role? and what they try to do for the young baseball player?
4: Well, I think, I think again, the core is, uh, you know, how it was founded, how it was started, and I think it was founded to provide a platform. It was founded to be a local American Idol, to flip open a hot mic and to allow talented athletes that were in the center of the country, you know, in the mid-'90s, a chance to, as the Internet began and grew, um, to, to allow them to showcase their skills and what came out of that uh, in the center of the country, um, since it was well organized, uh, since the, the players received uh, a little bit of uh, you know a chance to have an aspirational model, because even if it was county to county, it wasn't nationwide as, as this company is now. Um, it was You had a chance to look to see, to get some recognition of a job well done, and suddenly as the Internet grew, you were seeing that there it was organized. These were baseball people that had played college baseball, played professional baseball. And so that's how it started, right? And and I think with the common goal of all the people that slowly joined in, whether it be you know, Tyson Kim, whose father coached in the big leagues, and Tyson played professionally, and he took a few of his dollars from his signing bonus and invested, or Jason Gerst, who played college baseball in Iowa, uh, and a lifelong baseball player. He took a few of his dollars and thought it was a good idea um, and they hung on. They made zero dollars for years. I mean, for years, there used to be the big decision of, do we eat or, or do we grab a couple of beers as young single guys? Do we do we get a six-pack or, or chicken to put on the grill? Because for the longest time, nothing was going on. And, and I think as this company has grown and evolved, and it was done well, and the intent was always good. Common goal to grow the game of baseball. Uh, I think Perfect Games' role has become about the athletes themselves. I think I think Perfect Game has no, in my experience anyway, since really being intimately involved the last probably two, two and a half full years since leaving the Diamondbacks, um, you know, where there's a need, they will do their best to provide, um, I think, as they grow uh, and continue to grow and the ability to provide almost out, out, outweighs uh, the need. I think, you know, they step back they take their time, and then they jump back in. I think it's just basically a, a place to provide that same platform as it provided in Iowa in the 90s. Um, as you, that's on the showcase side. Uh, on the on the tournament side, it's it's a similar way, but it's to provide a good experience. I think I think if you provide a good experience, if you provide recognition for the athletes, which I, I, is 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 you know quite important and an opportunity if you're at one of the mid to upper level events to. Be scouted to see where you stand, to see where you rank. Um, you know, that's kind of it. And then I think the perfect game's place has evolved beyond that and, you know, with the constant theme of growing the game of baseball to where now its, it's place is to make sure that, you know, the, the teams that maybe consistently have a hard time finding their way in financially because they're from an urban area or a tougher place, their role is to find a way to get that team in, which they're doing. I think that uh, to tell stories of their athletes in a in a in a in an environment where athletes are telling their own stories, where this generation of Gen Zers are telling their own stories through social media, it's to help them do that. It's to connect with families. It's to provide resources in that area. Never coaching. I, I think that's the one thing that that I think a lot of people may get confused about. Perfect Game. The the tournaments had better be well run the The organization and the presentation of the information had better be good. You better work with Major League Baseball and they do it the very highest of levels from the commissioner, you know on down to those like Tony Regans, who you know are the senior directors of all things, youth sports and amateur sports with baseball. Um, because ultimately, USA baseball is one of the amateur governing bodies of baseball. But they're MLB. And so to work with MLB, to work alongside USA Baseball, I think is a big role for Perfect Game because, you know, as USA Baseball evolves into the event business, um, you know, while still being the government governing body, I think both PG and USA Baseball um, and U triple SA for that matter, we can start adding more groups, have to put the kids first. So these are all big roles. That's a really long answer, but I think it's constantly evolving. You know, being close to the to the ground with this company and and listening to conversations and occasionally being asked to weigh in, I think that's a constant theme that comes up. Grow the game of baseball, be cognizant of our growth, and uh, where in fact there are things that need to be addressed that aren't positive, address them swiftly, immediately, and do so again with the theme of putting the player first and growing the game.
2: Well, you know, you, I I will say this, as I as I became more familiar with perfect game in the last, let's just say, 365 days um, as my son now enters that age that I believe it's becoming important for him because a term that's thrown around a lot is showcase. And sometimes the, the showcases get termed – or termed – they get labeled as money grabs. Well, the, show, uh, the showcase to me – is exactly what the the, the the name of it is. It's an opportunity for you to showcase your skills, and you are and a, and a great guy that's really in tune with you guys and and is a big participator. Justin Stone, a lead out of Chicago, I know you're familiar with Justin and his in his reputation. Yeah, he's outstanding. Okay, um, you know he has said it before. You are if again, this is not for everybody. He gets it, I get it, most people get it, some people do not get it. But if you are not marketing yourself, then you are doing yourself a disservice if, in fact, you are trying to get somewhere. Now, if you're not trying to get anywhere, okay. But if you feel that you can play in college, and if you feel for sure that you have a chance to, to, to play professionally at any level, you have to market yourself. That perfect game allows you that opportunity to go on a big stage and showcase your skills, whether it be through events of playing or showcasing. So I think the money grab thing, and I want to talk about this term because it's a big term, and I, and I want to give you an opportunity to touch on it. To me, people that call it a money grab, and you correct me anytime I'm wrong, Darren, it, it's the unrealistic expectations of thinking just because I go to a showcase or just because I play in this event, I'm going to get noticed
4: right well absolutely and uh if you're good you'll get noticed at these events and if you work hard you get noticed and if you treat people um you know in a way that 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 makes sense when you're there and you're respectful that may help as well because you know there's the character part especially the highest level events like a national showcase but but it's just like anything else and it's it's such a fair feeling for a parent to have okay I, i would never want to even get in a debate because i'm a parent and whether I'm right or wrong, I'm entitled to do the best I can. Um, you know, in my case, in my life, have faith, be a big part of it, and make decisions. And sometimes I'm actually wrong in my opinions about things for my kids. Imagine that, right? Um, and sometimes I'm right on. Um, but but I'll, I'll, I'll flip it and make it personal because within my home, I have a daughter who just wrapped up playing. She's going to focus more on different sports. And, you know, her sophomore on year in high school who played – the highest level of club soccer here in Arizona and, you know, regional tournaments, national tournaments, all the stuff that went on into it. Right. And for the longest time she thought that she wanted to play college soccer. Well, that's evolved. Unless it dramatically changes. um, Then in fact, uh, you know, then she, she will have done it. She will have moved on. And I heard you talking a couple of weeks ago about the benefits to playing uh, this type of competition, if you're able, even if you don't go on to play college or pro baseball, the benefits of working as a team, the benefits that go into, you know, the sacrifices that you see your parents make, as long as you respect those sacrifices. I think you had great thoughts on it as a dad. Um, in the same way, my daughter is very similar uh, with my view, but at the same time, my stepdaughter is a soccer player as well, and we go where we can actually ride our bikes to her games every Saturday. And it's $55 for the season. And she loves every second of it. And she's never had a design on playing in college. She loves the sport. Could she hang with my my daughter's team? Well, of course not. But she loves playing the sport of soccer. She's comfortable with her role. Um, She's a good student. She's different in her personality. But that's my home. So I'm able to see the two sides of it as a father and a stepfather right there in my home. And uh, it's kind of what you're addressing right there. Anything in the world, if it doesn't work out for you, certainly could be a cash grab, right? SAP ACT prep. You want to do what's best for your kids. It's expensive. It's very expensive. Five, six, seven hundred dollars. Heck, if you're able to do more, you can do more. Software you can download. It's expensive. We try to do the best for our kids. Uh, you know, our son or our daughter goes to an SAT or an ACT prep class and they only improved by one point and they were hoping to improve the ACT score by maybe three because they saw some inadequacies. Well, there are constantly positive results and experiences coming out of of that place ultimately my kids did the best they could maybe that's just who they are and so am i wrong because i did the sat or act prep i don't think so um i did what i thought was best what i was able to do that month financially like most of us in life most of these decisions are really hard it's a month-to-month a year-to-year decision we plan family vacations around our children going to play baseball, soccer, volleyball, softball, you fill in the blank. That's the, the nature of the beast. And these events cost money. Uh, to put it on uh, at a level with the technology that's involved, to travel in, the employees, the scouts that are involved. Um, and, and, and the money that is made watching this company is completely reinvested back in this company and the evolution of you know, the, the player pages and the website and the technology and the relationships with the technology. Um, so, so yes, you look at ACP prep, you look at it's a building, it's, it, there's a desk, there's paper, there's some laptops in there. How in the world should it or could it cost this much? Well, I, I, I'm not allowed to go into that classroom and, and, and go through their books and understand. And either I'm in or I'm not. And I think the concept of the cash grab, it, again, it's a very human feeling. It's a statement that uh, if, you're doing your, if you're doing things well, As perfect game should never offend you you should never be offended by that you should just make sure that you constantly are doing your best to that that never ever ever applies even 5% of the time if that makes sense and I think that's the kind of conversations I hear I think when you grow to the size when you become the McDonald's of this space when you become the coca-cola of this space you you no way shape or form are going to have a hundred percent positive rating if you get above 50 up to 80, then you're doing a good thing. Uh, then then if you want to be Disney in that space, you, you go from 80 to 100. Um, and then you listen to the 10. You listen to them. You listen to the five. But I think if at any point you're defensive of that phrase, then that's that's your problem and you better check yourself as a company. Right now the company I work with um, is not offended by that at all. They're constantly checking themselves as they grow because as we know, guys, they're growing fast.
2: Yeah, and again, I, you know, the... To, for me, you have to be realistic to some degree. And if you can't be realistic with yourself and in your own situation, your expectations, man, they're, they're just they're, – you're setting yourself up for your expectations to get just squashed, right? Like, I left Atlanta last week realizing – and not that I did before. Okay, I didn't think my son, at this juncture especially – now, I have no idea what his future holds. But at this juncture, he doesn't appear to be a D1 baseball player. Well, I left Atlanta knowing for sure that he is not a D1 baseball player currently, and I don't know that he'll get there. I, you know, What I do know is, is what I saw was an opportunity for him to go and showcase his personal skills, whether they were good enough or not. But something about the game, and if you really want to play it at a high level, being around the best of the best brings out who you are and sometimes that's and again who who is saying this like who is who who is the person that's saying the statement sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad because there's also a term that somebody uses like well you can go to get exposure but you can also get exposed and when you put yourself out on the line and you say I'm going to go play the best of the best that's what happens you either get some exposure or you get exposed now is that a bad thing? Is it the end of the world if you go play? Like my son basically just went and played in a 15-year World Series at Lake Point. You're at a tremendous event and was guaranteed, guarantee you, if there were 400 players there, he was in the bottom 100. I guarantee you that. Now, is that a bad thing? I I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I, I guarantee, heck, he might have been in the bottom 50, to be completely honest. I don't know. My point is, all that's gonna come of this is is my son is either gonna come home, well we're home now, but he's gonna come home and he's gonna say, Man, I got a lot of work to do. Let's go. I wanna I wanna do some real work here. Or he won't. And if he doesn't, right. why is that perfect game's fault? Why is that the guy he hits with's fault? Why is it the program he plays with's fault? If my son just either A doesn't have what it takes or doesn't want to give what it takes to play at that level. I don't understand why we always have to blame somebody.
4: No, I, well, of course. I mean, I think we're still on the same page, and it's 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 a difficult journey. Look, I was in the uh, in the in the season of professional baseball, 1992. If there were you know 5,000 players in the minor leagues, I was the last one, you know, and so you know I, I understand that as just a bump up. And let's be honest, I was there because I was six, five had done good things at the lower levels of, of amateur baseball, but I was a legacy, right? So it, it, it's a wonderful experience to go through knowing your place in a certain area to where you can either work your way through, work your way higher, or to find other things and to be joyful about what the experiences you've had. Um, our goal, I think as parents, I think, or at least mine is not to constantly pat our kids. Um, and, and put a whole bunch of you know, soft cotton around them and make sure that they never feel uncomfortable. Um, that's not my goal anyway, and I think most of your listeners, that's not the goal as well. Again, it's the same thing. As Perfect Game grows, too, I think the goal would to be, and this is not to talk about your son, because if he hung in this tournament, I, I bet you he's going to want to bust his butt and, and grow and hang with whatever he saw there. But for a lot of kids and a lot of teams, that's why the growth of Perfect Game and it needs to be done right, and the goal is to do it right, you know, of different levels of tournaments, of different levels of competition. But ultimately, let's be honest, right, Jim? I mean, your goal is even if you play in a more regional event, the, the goal is to still get to that event. I mean, the goal is to still get to that event. But I think if there comes a state when you're maybe in high school and you're like my stepdaughter, Lexi, and you still like baseball, I think it's okay as you get a little older and whether you focus on another sport, academics, clubs, you know, student body, president, whatever your focus is going to be, or maybe working. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of kids when they get to be 15, 16 years old, they want to go to work I and mean, they want to do well in school. And if if they're not dominating in sports and doing it, it's not giving them that kind of joy. I mean, why not go work at Chick-fil-A? Why not go work and start that side of your life? So it's, it's this, this dichotomy that's so challenging. A freshman, sophomore, junior year where we lose so many players, um, we're not even talking about youth, youth baseball at eight, nine, 10, 11, but this age, I think you're in this sweet spot right here at this age. And I'm guessing a lot of your listeners are in this age. Um, boy, you talk about all the forces at play, uh, including the social forces at play too.
2: Well, it's interesting. You brought up youth and that's kind of where we're going next. Um, you know, got, got a couple more topics I want to hit you with before you got to roll. You guys are, um, You know, obviously, I mean, it's not a secret, you guys are starting to expand a little bit into the younger ages. Um, While I think most people, I'm not going to say all, I mean, we're never going to make everybody happy. I think most people in tune, I mean, Spiker, you jump in here because you run a quality baseball organization, both at the youth level and at the prep level. Um, I think most people would say, I get the whole perfect game thing at the high school level. It is absolutely what you say it is, Jim. It is an opportunity for a high school kid to showcase whether his skills and see if he's got what it takes to go play at a school of of either his choice or the school's choice for him, whatever it may be, right? But some people, and I think this is where the rub comes, and, Spiker, I, before Darren answers, I, you can give your thoughts on this. Because, again, you run a top organization with tons of teams at all levels. Maybe in the youth level, people that's when I think people start going, well, I don't understand why we need this at 12 or 14, 13 or whatever. I mean, is it creeping into that? Spiker, your thoughts real quick from a guy that has everything from 7U to 18U.
3: I think it's because of the brand, because perfect game, you know that you're going to get a, get a, get a high-quality type of brand tournament. I think that's why. That's why I did it. Um, example, I worked – a perfect game event down in Florida for the series for the youth baseball and I did it because I believed the brand I didn't get I didn't I mean it was one of those things where it was it was time and but I enjoyed it because I want to give back to the game right after right after college and right after pro ball so I, I think it has to deal with um, with a youth team going to a perfect game event right now and they're in they're entering into that space I think it's almost it's It's a brand. It's it's like I'm comfortable with it. It's going to be a good good event. They're going to run it at a high at a high quality, Um, and I I think it it would be a good choice. That's why I would I would recommend a youth team to go to that event. Now showcases, I don't know.
2: So for you it's no different than buying a car. I mean you're yeah, looking like, for a you want a quality automobile, I mean, versus
3: Yeah, it's like buying buying okay. a Ford or um, a Maserati or, or a Hugo. <laughs> okay. okay, I you. Gotcha. So it, it's 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 one of those things. Okay. Or Nike and Adidas right. or Puma.
2: Okay, and, and again, I think that, you know, maybe there's a little more acceptance at the older level. At the younger level, now we all know there's all types, right? Like there's people that I mean, and again, I don't mean this in a bad way, but there's people that are crazy. Like, you know, we're you know we're, we're competing. We're, we think we're the best 13-U team in the country or we're the best 12-U team in the Midwest or whatever. I get it. That's fine. But I think there's some people thinking, you know, the perfect game thing to me is more about showcasing for college and possibly that elite level that might get drafted out of high school. But for the youth level, what do we need this for at the youth level? Darren, your thoughts maybe from perfect games perspective of why venturing more into the younger ages now?
4: Well, uh, I think if you if you do something well and you continue, as I said, to constantly self-evaluate and you're getting respectful attaboys from the highest level in Major League Baseball and encouragement to keep doing what you're doing and keep putting the players, you know, and, and player safety obviously first alongside our guidance, then I think you're almost missing the boat if you don't try. Uh, I think we live in a in a nation of achievers and a place where we can achieve in this country, different, unfortunately, than other, other parts of the world. And I think this is a a fit where this has been requested. And the more it was requested, the more it was considered. And the more it was considered, the more conversations that occurred. And I think a lot of, I I think the rub might be um, just stopping and, 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 and stepping back for just a moment as a parent or as someone who runs the Rawlings Tigers baseball club and has played at the level that Spiker has and has done the stuff that he has done. Well, um, I think the confusion or the slight confusion for some may be uh, why giving the space. let's just think about it. No one's trying to be your club or stop a club. This isn't, this isn't Walmart trying to, to come in and close down all the stores around the town square. It's, uh, it's just a platform it's the same thing we're talking about it's it's a well-run tournament and and you know I'll be the first to jump ahead and say that you know when in fact you grow like this and there is the, the, the one or two occasions out of you hope very many where it isn't run at that standard then you go in and you make sure that it is and um, much like any sort of franchise the challenge in franchising is keeping your core values your core standards your core goals at the forefront and for the one or two places where somebody might have had a busy week and they're, they're kind of burning the candle at both ends. Um, then you address that and you address those concerns. But I think this is the kind of growth that has been requested. Um, which is the, uh, the model of, of, uh, you know, uh, kind of the aspirational model, uh, uh, providing good experiences, good events. And then, and then at the next level, if it is maybe a step down where it's a much younger age group and it's really more about the experience and the family experience, the destination, um, then it's about that as well. And so I think you you put two things together and you start to evolve in how people view you just a bit as not just the, uh, the platform that has sent more than 1,000 guys to the big leagues, but you also are you know, one of the youth baseball places, you do it right. You've got a long way to go before they call you the Disney of youth baseball because I'm a loyal Disney guy. Um, but that's the goal, right? I mean, Derek Hall out here, who I used to work for as president of the Diamondbacks um, and CEO of the Diamondbacks, he uh, he constantly, constantly would go visit and spend time with, with Disney. Why? Well, because he wanted coming to Chase Field, even if the team was who they were a couple of years ago. They're not now. He wanted to feel like you were walking down Main Street yeses from all the employees. And and I think that's the ultimate goal with Perfect Game is to provide the highest level experience while still growing the game of baseball and having baseball people, which they still are, run the baseball side.
3: One of the things that Perfect Game is really good at is the communication end of things. Um, And personally being involved um, with Perfect Game as a coach and as a as a club as a club director they're very good on the communication so as they're entering in this youth space um what what is their what is what's their communication on on the tournament end of things and um why a team would want to go go attend this a youth tournament sponsored by perfect game because obviously um a 12 year old's not going to get Recruited by a college coach, even though it's probably heading down that route as we get closer and closer, <laughs> with more with more future ahead of us. Um, how is how are they communicating that um, to the youth market?
4: Well, I, I just think first of all, it's 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 communication as you talk about through the way they reach people through their website. But I think uh, what what is provided is uh, a little bit more of you know the the customizable page that comes as part of it. You know, you can run your team. Through perfect games baseball association so they'll communicate with you you can communicate with your team you can have your schedule on there which if it includes four or five tournaments that are outside of the PG world fine outstanding but uh, I think that really helps Uh, the player pages really help in communication because you constantly will have uh, you know a a younger player a 10 or 11 year old wanting to go back and check on his player page uh, which will be not only through the perfect game larger website through a search, but also, uh, you know, through his team's page, through being a part of the PGBA at the lower levels, at the youth levels. And, you know, every one of the youth, every one of the youth events will be through the lowest level, not because it's a low level of play, but it's it's exactly what you said. Um, there is no showcasing going on at the, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old age. So it's more about the tournament's 100%. And a lot of those questions, Spiker, I think, are yet to be answered, because as Perfect Game grows, and you know, in the areas where they find themselves hitting a home run, they'll try to improve. But where they're falling short, um, whether it be more human beings involved, then that's what will happen. The right human beings, and you know, whether changes need to be made in in regions, um, then that'll be made. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but but they better continue to do. And I think they, they will and, and, and aspire to continue to do just how you felt. Um, if you had a concern, I, I would hope that at some point quickly there was a way that you were communicating with. And if you, uh, you know, wanted to share an antiboy or you wanted to find out about a change in venue, um, there should be very little to no confusion ever. And that maybe is what you, your perfect game where you separate yourself, even when you go regionally and then locally with your brand and you fly your flag um, over ballparks and over, over community spaces, um, you, you had better separate yourself in that way, and that's the thing you just talked about.
2: You know, I know uh, we're up against time with you, Darren, but there's one thing I do want to touch before you go, so I'm going to make you run over just a minute or two, because I know that... Yeah, let's you, go. Let's keep going. Yeah. We're good. Keep yeah, going. I know we're you good. would like to address this as well, because this was a big, like the big matzo ball in the room, That the 30,000-pound pink elephant was in the room for a little bit, um, I want to say maybe two years ago. Um, And really, it's kind of how we got connected, because I saw I was at a tournament, and something happened at one I was at, and it really shocked me. Um, And that was, I was at a tournament that was a perfect game-labeled tournament, but it was an affiliation with you guys. It wasn't you, per se. It was an affiliation tournament. And I, I, I know, I always say, I know enough to be dangerous, right? Like, I don't know everything for sure, but I know enough to be dangerous. And there were some things that went on in this tournament that I thought were odd, and The very first thing, and this is when I started really getting educated on you guys, and it was great how, and I will say, I sent a tweet out because I was absolutely shocked that I was at a perfect game-labeled event for 15-year-old kids, and there were zero pitching rules. I mean, if you wanted to, you could have pitched your kid 300 pitches, and you could have pitched him the very next game. You could have because there were zero pitching rules. Now, when that happened, I had no idea, and became educated later that, you know, you guys have your own app that you use that tracks pitchers and pitches, and you guys use PitchSmart, and everything is tracked, and there is no, you know, you guys, you guys do a great job of this, and you don't get enough credit for it. But I think what happens is something like this happens, and then. You know how many people were at this event this weekend? It was a Super 25, so it was the top 25 teams <clears> in the Midwest were there, and they're going, wait a minute, there's no pitching rules. And right. then I find out that, yeah, there's supposed to be somebody assigned to each field, and they track it. Well, there was nobody doing that. So that also means nobody was getting any perfect game exposure. So, you, I, you know, I just tweeted out, and this is where I'm kind of going with this last part here. After You know, It blew my mind that you guys would have your name on anything, and I mean anything, that had zero pitching limitations, especially after the blasting you guys took from Jeff Passan and his book. Now, I felt like Jeff Passan sent me his book, and he wanted me to read it, and I did, and he wanted to come on my show and talk about his book, and I did not do it. And the reason I didn't do it was I thought he – selfishly for his own gain attacked you guys where i'm sorry and i told him this i think if you really want to know where the problem starts you should have spent more time talking to people and i don't mean me but people like me because this thing is really starting at nine and ten years old where the real problem is now right everybody probably to some degree has some blame in it but you guys were really the villain in the book and that's what shocked me so I'll let you address kind of my personal situation because I know you were aware of it, and then kind of the book and the aftermath and where we are now.
3: Sure,
4: sure. So going back a couple of years, I know we spoke a couple of winter meetings ago, and I think um, it was prior to that winter meeting that PG became fully PitchSmart compliant. You know, through all of Major League Baseball, they now um, you know with Diamond Cast and, and their new scoring app, you know, not only are they not only is every event being tracked in a, cool, in a great way for young people with regard to stats and, and soon animated um, good stuff at events, but all of these things you're talking about. Uh, you know, a- Every great company has a story uh, in which they grew, and I'm sure this is one of the small stories. Uh, I'm sure there was communication once that tweet was sent out. I'm sure that there was some things done, and uh, because Perfect Game has grown well beyond that size from a couple of winners ago. And that's a moment that uh, I'm guessing that's a moment that you frame and you put on your wall in your offices in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, because you never want to forget about it. Right, Jim? You never want to forget how, you know, maybe one quick interview and really believing in someone that, okay, we're going to vet harder next time, because this doesn't represent who we are. Look, I understand I'm more of a voice, but whoever ran that that day is just as much of a voice for this company as I am, right? Right. Um, because there's moms and there's dads and there's investment. So in that event, in that particular time, um, for me, no way representative of who this company is, because I understand the standards that we all have to work with. And now the partnership with, with so many great groups, from those that were kind of considered foes a few years ago to the, to, to major league baseball just won't happen again. And because what you're not doing then on that particular weekend is you're not putting the players first. And that's the goal, grow the game, put the players first. And so, yeah, that's what occurred. Um, and in a way you never want it to happen, but you know, when, when every person and every company and every idea and every brand is perfect, um, then we'll step back and, and wait for you know, all of us to, to float up to heaven because it just won't happen. But you better not let it be consistent. And uh, I'm quite confident that that's, uh, you know what you saw this past weekend in Atlanta is what you would see as this company grows to a more local and regional level, because there's a lot of thought that goes into doing so. And, uh, you know, and and Jerry Ford is unique. I mean, I, I was put on a plane at the 12th hour to go to the elite development invitational in Vero beach, Florida this past week, which is, you know, a real strong effort of major league baseball to grow the game with the strongest and most talented African-American athletes invite only. Well, they were already doing a bunch of media, uh, major league baseball, was a, but as an act of goodwill. And on the one day there wasn't media being done there. Um, he won a perfect game You know like this, is, this matters to us. Like your efforts matter to what we're doing. So you don't have that focus and spend what was a lot of money on a, on a two day plane ticket and hiring a good camera crew and telling stories of these talented athletes in Vero Beach, Florida. And by the way, I live in Phoenix. So you don't have that standard on a day-to-day basis for your company and do things that are the right things to do and then let what you saw happen continue. So uh, in, a way, in a way, just like anything else, right, we've all had failures as individuals. And if we're any kind of a person, we own them, we share them, and then we grow from them. And we say we're better for them. And uh, I'm hoping and I'm quite confident believing that on that weekend that that's what occurred and the efforts that you made um, in sharing were great because, as as Spiker said earlier, this is a company that tries to communicate but wants to hear back. And even if it's from the smallest minority of those that are, as you deem, maybe wanting PG or U-Trip or USA Baseball to make their kid a star on its own, um, you still need to listen to those people, right? I mean, you still do. You can't address everyone, but you still need to listen to those people. And you may never make them happy, but they were heard. And you did your best to explain who you were. And so, uh, regrettable weekend, uh, but, you know, no matzo ball in the room at all. I mean, let's, you know, that's, that's a great thing to talk about. And as I say, that should be right next to the wall that has the, all the major leaguers. Um, should be that weekend day framed as a reminder of what one step back or what growth that you're not quite ready for can do. And, and, and then with regard to um, Jeff's book, well, I've always enjoyed Jeff as a writer. I've always, you know, his relationship with players is one that I tried to have as a broadcaster where you could sit down and talk about something beyond the obvious questions about baseball. Uh, I find myself yawning a lot listening to baseball interviews, and, and Jeff doesn't do that um you know he's he's out front of real things and and at times can be a little bit of an investigative reporter you know at times can do pieces um you know passing up players through car accidents he has the ability with how he communicates to get in touch with family and get stories out there that wow i'm so glad i read that story um and and with regard to the book i I would agree with you I, i think i think the intent was great i think the intent of Uh, of writing a book about this situation and and arms having to be rebuilt was uh, I think the intent is there and somebody needed to write it. But I would agree with you that, um, you know, you you shared that you think the culprits are are the youth, youth players. And I just think we get caught up and we touched on this earlier, we get caught up in this, this, this run here in life where, um, and I don't know where it comes from, but my, my goodness, I'm standing doing this interview with you in the walls of my home. Like, it's about the families and the parents. And if you understand that your child has has done this to this point, then they're good. They're going to play right field. They're going to play shortstop. And, um, and then on the backside of it, I'm going to say this as carefully as I can because I respect the highest level doctors in the world. Um, because I went and saw James Andrews when I was in college. I pitched in Montgomery, Alabama. I drove to Birmingham. I went and saw him. So uh, I understand the elite doctors that have good intentions, but let's be honest, there are a lot of second homes being built out there because of surgeries that might not need to have happened. A lot of lake houses and ocean houses that are being built. And much like anything else, um, it's an epidemic to me with an asterisk. And so, uh, you know, Jeff decided that he wanted to focus on the showcases and the tournaments. And if anything for Perfect Game, it's much like that weekend. I, I I don't think that that's a fair place to point your arrow, but that was Jeff's right as a writer. So let's do this. If you're Perfect Game, make sure that none of it's true. Right? make sure that you always put the player first. Make sure the communication is good, that there isn't the rogue coach that could have accomplished what you talked about that weekend. Make sure that that doesn't happen. So as much as sometimes for someone like Jerry Ford, who with his heart and soul founded the company and still leads with his heart and soul, um, yeah, it broke his heart a little bit because he felt like it was inaccurate and a personal attack. He took it very personally. Um, I think once you get to the other side of that feeling then you just look around and you you say, which has occurred, um, all right, well, we know this isn't the case, but let's make sure it never is the case. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it does. And like I said, when when it happened, I thought, I just can't believe this is happening. And then obviously, and again, to your guys' credit, I mean, somebody was on the phone with me, I mean, in hours, basically, and saying, hey, we're not kidding. We really want to know what's going on because... Yeah. And then I'm like, well, and, and I said isn't it's your event i mean how do you not know what's going well it's an affiliation and it's it's the way we're expanding trying to get our brand out there and you guys honestly said you know it doesn't you know sometimes you make bad choices you know as you try to grow you go through growing pains you make mistakes which you know what any everybody makes mistakes the first thing is a admitting it and then b trying to do something about it which i respect you guys for saying hey this is kind of how it went and i know you guys have already addressed it and done something about it so that's all you can ask as a I guess to some degree as a consumer but also as a human being who is hoping to fall under your umbrella now what I thought was odd was about that s- scenario was the number of people that reached out to me privately and said you know I really appreciated you doing that you know I, I feel bad because I didn't like your post but I didn't want them to see me like your post because I didn't want them to hold it against me if I if I go to an event and I'm like what almost like Big Brother. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not – I said, listen, that's not who they are or what's going on here, I, I assure you. I, I assure you of that. That This is not a pay-for-play type thing, okay? This is a – they are trying to get the brand out. And, again, as spike. I think Spiker's statement as a guy that runs a large quality program is right. I think if you bought a Maserati, you would expect to get a Maserati. If you go play in a perfect game event – you and, to, and, again, my experience is, is pretty small to this point because he's only 15. But I, I would say, like, the tournament I went to in Atlanta was a, a far and away above even what I expected as far as now if you want to make it about value or whatever, that's fine. I think when you get to that point, and, again, I know everybody's different, but for me it was more about the experience, what it was, what it meant to my son, really maybe more than the money. And it isn't like I got a lot of money, so – but I also understand that it is what it is, and you're going to pay for something. So if you're going to pay for something, I'd rather it be what I really saw, and that was an opportunity for my son to showcase his skills. But, again, in everybody's situation is different. For me, the event gave him an opportunity to realize what it was he had to do if he wanted to get better. Now, the, the Passan book, or passing book, again, I wish, and I told him this, I said, let me tell you what's really going on, Jeff, uh, and I'm sorry to say this. I, I've done two tours of, I feel tours of duty, like I'm a military guy, but I've done two tours of duty at the youth <laughs> level and at the AAA major level. And let me tell you what's going on at 9, 10, 11, and 12 years old. You've got the same guys pitching Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's a problem. Right. You, you got coaches out there going, I get eight innings this weekend. He's going to throw... Two on Friday, three on Saturday, and three on Sunday, and that's how I'm going to win this tournament because I got four really good pitchers. That's what's going on. That's what's wrong. That is the number one problem is these kids are getting no rest. I'm sorry, I'm not a doctor. I I did stay at a Holiday Inn, while I, but I you know. And again, I I just felt like if he would have been a little more open to that. I would have let him come on and say whatever. I'll let anybody come on and say whatever they want, but I got a bad feeling about that, and I'm sorry, but I just, I don't know. It's just kind of how I, you know, I, I don't know. Just my thoughts.
4: No, I agree, and I, and I and 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 you are closer in a lot of ways to the flame than I am, and uh, you know the, the things that you're talking about, the things you've seen, and and I still admittedly am much closer to your son's age group and up. And uh, you know, and spreading myself thin to college college athletics as well and and doing different things, which I love doing, um, y- your wisdom is is respected. I mean, because you've seen it, and you've been on the ground at that age group, and uh, I, I know I'm sure Spiker has a ton with uh, the talented young young players coming through there. but um, but again, I, I think you know I'll go back to what I said before, and I really mean this just just, once you get through maybe the hurt that it causes the leader, who's who's kind of is the genesis of, of what turned out to be a pretty good idea. And you manage, you manage, you know, the fact that, you know, it, it really isn't personal. Um, then you just take it and use it as a guide of where to never be. Um, you know, so maybe he missed the mark, maybe he didn't. Um, but with regard to picking one group, he, he did miss the mark, you know. And, and so for me, it's, It's just make sure that it's never true, you know? It's like when people kid you on the square and they say something about you and you pause for a second, is that accurate, you think, for a second? And then you're like, well, it isn't, but let's make sure they're never right, even though they're kidding. And I think that was the key for me, the accountability that that PG needed to have. And um, it coincided. I'm not sure what the goal was, but it – it, it coincided, and I know the two are not related because it wasn't, you know, like it, it took over the world, the book, as far as sales. It did well in baseball communities, but I think the, any fears that outliers or people that cared about Perfect Game might have of its growth, it really had no effect at all, and Perfect Game continues to grow and hold themselves accountable, and, and have others hold them accountable, please. I mean, so, it's just part of the landscape. It's just like anything else. It's just like anything else, right? If you're gonna, If you're going to grow like in that space where you're the McDonald's in that space, there's, just, there's probably going to be another article and another book written. And you step back and you assess and you move forward. Uh, if that's the last book or article ever written, I'll be shocked. It won't be, <laughs> but I'm hoping soon, but I'm hoping soon, you know, as Jerry was stunned, Jerry Ford to find himself on the USA today, you know, top 100 that Bob Nightingale and his colleagues put together uh, most powerful people in baseball period. Uh, you know, I think he was shocked to find out. I think that comes with the territory. And um, not everyone loves uh, the commissioner of baseball. Not everyone loves Bud Selig. Not everyone cares for, and sometimes it's their own personal concerns that carry the, the, their distaste in, as we talked about earlier with parents. But um, this company cannot, the, the, the ship has sailed. It has left the port. It is a growing large company with a lot of responsibilities to its consumers. And you can't go back now. You can't go back to, to being that Iowa company that, that not anyone knew about. So once you leave that port and you're out there in those open waters, there's going to be people firing at you. and that You just uh, you just be ready for it and make sure that if, if you feel like it's close to the truth, you darn well better do something about it.
2: No, it's good stuff. And, listen, you've been gracious with your time. I know we've went over. Um, I know you're a busy guy, and I do appreciate it. And, like I said, I think, um, you know, w- you're right there's people that are never going to understand what you do there's people that are going to be unhappy about some things there's a lot of kids whether they know it or not a lot of families whether they recognize it or not have been given an opportunity to as I mentioned earlier from some great people that have said this had the opportunity to either whatever term you want to use they've had the chance to showcase or market themselves to say hey you know I can play give me a chance and you know I've heard many speeches from college coaches that say, a lot of people out there say this is unnecessary. I'm here to tell you it is necessary. I can't be everywhere at once, but let me tell you where I can be. I can send a guy to Lake Point, and he can see all the best players in a, in a week. I can go on their website, and I can see how you're doing. I can check your numbers. I can, I can It's a puzzle, right? You're putting pieces of this puzzle together so that a guy can decide, do, you know, A, do I want him a part of my program? Am I gonna make a financial investment in him? And that's whether it's college or professionally. So again, I, I just think perfect game has become an outlet for these kids that are both at that level and for a lot of kids to see that level and either work to get there or find out, you know what, I maybe I need to be more realistic, whatever that may be. And sometimes that isn't always Gretz, that's the hard part, right? You go do this, and you realize, you know what? I'm a darn good player, but, man, I'm not elite. And, that, listen, that's the way of the world. It, 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 you, not every player is going to be an elite player. But, if anything, I think the events give everybody the opportunity to, ultimately, at the end of the day, as we've said now three times, both showcase and market themselves. And I don't know, as a baseball player, or as a family with a baseball player, if you can really ask for anything more.
4: No, I would agree, and and and, and I uh, you know, appreciate your thoughts, and I think it's well said, and and I think that's what they, you know, the leaders would hope that that's how it's viewed. But uh, and then in the next breath, you make it experientially better, and you hold yourself to standards as you pack up from each situation that you better do it better the next time, as much as you did it well this time, do it better the next time, and then as you grow down market with young who are, you know, in the uh, early stages of elementary school that kind of understand and they're going to come play in one of your local tournaments that you have those same standards. And as you're, you're, you're journeying into, you know, the part of the world that's part tourism and part travel combined with baseball, have those same standards. So, uh, no, I appreciate, I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, you know, we have talked uh, a lot about possibly having some regular connections, and I think that would be a great idea that way. On the good side, and and on the on the on the pieces where people have questions and concerns, and you know maybe maybe uh, let some some stuff, some fun stuff, out of the bag uh, here first, and, and some ideas and some things. Maybe test some ideas that folks have with with your audience because you are really connected. PG is fortunate to uh, to have, and baseball is fortunate to have uh, you guys and, and and the passion you have or youth baseball, because doing this well, there's kind of no one, you know, and so for you guys to be out there in the space and caring and and doing it, baseball's, youth baseball's better for it.
2: Well, I do appreciate you very much. You know what else I appreciate is you caught my ma- my Seinfeld matzo ball reference. I'm hoping that's how you caught mm-hmm. that. That was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely.
4: Hey, Darren. I you're grew gr- up in the San Fernando Valley, by the way, where there were a lot of good places where you could get matzo balls too. So.
2: <laughs> <There it is. laughs> well, i tell you what, man. You're awesome. You do a, you know, I can, you know, listen, if anybody's ever listened to you, whether it was before, you know, when you were doing broadcasts or what you do now, I mean, it's it's pretty apparent why Perfect Game has chosen you to kind of, you know, be their spokesperson, so to speak, be their director of media, you do a great job, you represent the company very well, you're very knowledgeable, and, you know, you provided something to our listeners today that we try to provide each and every week, and that's information, and um, again, we say it all the time, uh, get informed, that we live in a world now where there's absolutely zero excuse to go into anything blind, um, a perfect game has become, and it has been, but it just continues to grow and become that, that brand. And if people want to know more, you gotta gotta get informed. You gotta learn. And again, uh, the website again, as I mentioned earlier, very simple uh, www.perfectgame.org. Uh, you'll be impressed when you get on there, and you'll see what's kind of going on there. Um, uh, Darren, if, if any of our listeners want to want to follow you a little bit, is there is there a way to do that?
4: Huh. Well, a lot of the any any story that you see told on Perfect Game on the video or production uh, area. Uh, is, is stuff I've been fortunate enough to have a hand in. Uh, I, I like it to where you don't see me at all. You'll just hear the kids. But um, certainly uh, some stuff that's coming up soon. The Perfect Game All American Classic, which is different than we talked about, different than the the local and the and those games. But that's September 13th, or I should say August 13th, uh, and it's at Petco Park, and it's on the MLB Network at 8 o'clock Eastern. Um, we have a we have a weekly radio show that's on SiriusXM MLB Network Radio that 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 tries to do what you do so well and that's just discuss amateur baseball for for three hours now it's late night back east but if you're a serious xm subscriber it stays in their podcast and stays in their you know downloadable world and that's every sunday after the espn sunday night game on mlb network radio on serious xm and um yeah it hangs around year round so it's not quite so late in the winter time there is no sunday night baseball in the winter time there's only football all day so we 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 continue to do that every week and a uh, 14U All-American game that'll be on Fox Sports Net nationwide, regionally, and also streamed on MLB Advanced Media on September the third from JetBlue Park, uh, same time, uh, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, so we're fortunate to be having these kids at the at the higher levels that are out there playing. But I I, I look forward to the future in my little world anyway, where um, you know at the touch of a smartphone and uh, at the hop-on to uh, your Apple TV, you'll be able to watch just about almost every youngster playing in a PG event. Um, not all of them will have uh, voices behind them, but uh, there's a lot of growth and explosion in the media side that we're really excited about in the next uh, probably 12 months.
2: Well, you truly are a man of your, your word, and you uh, you 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 opened up and, and answered a couple tough questions, and were, was happy to discuss anything. And to even, uh, even further that, you told us we had about 30 minutes and we kept you an hour. So we owe you, whenever okay. we see you, we owe you lunch or dinner or whatever that may be.
4: <laughs> well, be be careful because I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to take you up on that. And <laughs> and as many times as I had uh, dinner in, in your neck of the world at Shannon's and places across the street after calling games off, huh? I'll come find you guys, but let's let's try and do this as regularly as as you're able.
2: Well, and again, I know we're you know we've been talking about some stuff and you know finding a way maybe to, to, to include perfect game more in what we do, and we would be happy to do it. As again, I I think you know I know Spiker and myself are both as the more educated we get in this, are realizing that you know if you want to be in the game. I mean, if if you want to be involved in this thing, you got to stay up to date and you got to stay in tune with what's really going on out there, and you guys are what's going on. So, again, um, great choice by the group to have you be the guy that does this sort of stuff. You do a great job. Um, Appreciate everything you do, both for youth baseball, prep baseball, and baseball basically in general. So look forward to talking to you soon, my friend. Peace. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Darren. That Darren Sutton. um, Really good stuff. I mean, I know you and I just sat here and listened. And was looking at one another and I, I even wrote on the side over here, you know, you know, guy does his homework, this is really good stuff, multiple times on the thing. I to hear a guy that in tune with his brand and understand the inner workings, but then also kinda have the ability to know the perception is important. Mm-hmm. And if if Darren is a is a guy if he's anything, he's honest and he's open. So I think we were lucky to have him here today. Wouldn't you agree? Spike? Oh, it was awesome.
3: Yeah, um, class act.
2: Yeah, class and act. and I hope to to have him on uh, more if he you know. And again, we will we will reach back out to him and see if you know if maybe we can occasionally get him on from time to time and maybe just find out what's going on with Perfect Game because again, I think our listeners are going to want to know as they become more educated. And again, I know we have. A broad spectrum of listeners we have young kids we have older kids we have you know everything parents that are knee-deep in this that the other thing. the only way to help them that that where we come in is to just educate them and, and, and just try to provide so i thought darren did a great job of that today and um and again i i look forward to hopefully building a relationship with them because you know with their space i mean we need to be in it so you know, it'd be great for and there us there was a
3: lot of questions that got cleared up sure like, absolutely. i mean because you know as well as i do when, it, when a company gets that big it's there's a lot of rumors going around sure. and there's a lot of people talking um, it was great to actually hear from him and hear from the spokesperson to really clear up those questions
2: well and again i i you know i thought he did a great job and I, I, you know really what you and i say all the time we're just here to share information and try to help people out so hope we did that hope we answered some questions we'd love to hear some feedback on it again like i said darren kind of off the air had told me he said listen you can call me anytime if there's something that needs to be addressed so if you had some issues i mean everybody has experiences right um you you typically don't hear from the people that had great experiences. You typically hear from the people that, that things didn't go so well. So love to hear from you. Again, don't forget, info at youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our, uh, that's our email address. Send it in. Love to hear from you if you have any thoughts, comments, or concerns. Uh, right now what we're going to do, though, is we're going to take it on over to our friend Kurt McNabb from Dirtbag Baseball Nation. We're going catch to catch his uh, rope report that he does each and every week as a as the spokesperson, so to speak, for The Rope Trainer. Make sure you check it out, theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Take it away, Kirk.
1: Hey, 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 dirtbag baseball nation. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Rope Report. I'm Kirk McNabb, and I want to continue to thank all of you for your continued support, strong belief, undeniable passion, and helping us create a movement for arm health through learning to use your entire body during the throwing motion. I want you to keep telling and sharing with all your friends in the baseball world what's happening here on the Rope Report and at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. My partners from the Rope Trainer and I never get tired of hearing from or reading emails from players, parents, and coaches about how excited you are with your overall improvement with your throwing development and pitching mechanics since implementing our throwing program and using the Rope Trainer as part of it. We take your trust in us as your arm care specialists with 100% daily commitment to always staying up to date in regards to all things throwing and pitching related. It's through your feedback and interacting with us that we can keep our finger on the pulse of what it is that each and every one of you are looking for in regards to becoming better mechanically, stronger physically, and mentally in order to create sustainable pitching and throwing success at all levels of the game. It's always gratifying to see and talk with players, coaches, and parents that we work with personally who see the results and feel the results firsthand with our training program. But we really get fired up and get that extra rush of adrenaline when we get that phone call or email from a player or coach or parent that we haven't been able to meet personally yet, but does follow our program and says things like this. My arm feels so good and strong since I've been doing your dirtbag baseball throwing drills with the rope trainer. I no longer have pain in my elbow and shoulder. This is usually the first obstacle for us to overcome because we get people who are new to us and seeing the rope for the first time. It's troubling and they're not sure how to use it. So gaining a player's trust takes time because 75% of our clients presently come to us to help fix arm pain, which tells me there is a fundamental problem with understanding the importance of throwing mechanics and with coaches really appreciating how they can affect a player's ability to throw positively or negatively. We need to continue to educate coaches and parents at all levels how important it is that they monitor and instruct their players to throw properly right from the first time they work with them. I'm going to give you an example of how I personally have changed mentally over the last 25 years of training pitchers and players in general on the importance of throwing properly. When I started coaching and training players out of college, I, like most coaches, didn't stress or really understand the importance of throwing mechanics enough with younger players, example 5-10 to year olds, or even players that just started playing baseball at an older age. I would say the same as most people. Let them have fun and just play the game. They'll learn to love it. They'll learn to love it. But what I've learned from observing practices, games, and going to or running coaches' clinics is that this was and is still is wrong. I hope you're asking yourself, why is he so fired up about this? I'm not actually fired up about it, but I do need you to understand and hear me and focus on what I'm saying in order to retrain the way you throw as a player or instruct as a coach or a parent. Throwing a baseball is a mentally trained physical act. Therefore, we need to coach and instruct and teach players how to throw properly right from the very beginning. If we instruct players and allow players to throw incorrectly right from the start, then it's the same as saying, we want you to get an arm injury. This is why I use the Rope Trainer as part of my throwing program. When you throw properly using the rope, you're going to gain strength, a solid foundation and mechanics, a mental understanding of how your entire body must work in order to take the unnecessary stress off your arm personally. Your throwing routine will also become a lot more efficient because you can do it all by yourself. You're not going to have a coach or a parent talking to you all the time disturbing your focus and the rope includes that all important information card based on data analysis that's going to explain to you how to use it properly and how many throws are recommended daily and weekly based on your age. I have my players stretch, warm up with the rope and then go live into practice or the game. If you already have your own rope trainer you know what i'm talking about. And if you don't have your own rope trainer, you can get one now by going to www.theropetrainer.com now. Be sure to enter dirtbag5 dirtbag the number 5 at checkout so that we know you heard about it here on Youth Baseball Talk and the Rope Report. That's all i have for this week's this week dirtbags, so keep following us on Facebook and Instagram at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and visit us at www.dirtbagbaseballnation.com to find out all about what we offer. You can also email me with any questions or comments in regards to throwing or any of the other baseball-related material at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. Until next week. I need you all to stay dirtbag baseball worthy by hitting that field and getting dirty.
2: Great stuff, my man. I tell you what, you know, talking to Darren today and then, you know, some of these guys, when you talk to them off air, this isn't a show. You know what I mean? These are good people. Uh, Kurt McNabb's another one. You know, I get the opportunity to talk to him on a regular basis. Folks, there's a lot of people out here that really care about your kids. They really do. I, I understand that there's people out there that do a poor job and that makes it harder on the rest. But guys like Kurt McNabb are good people that are just trying to help and they love it. And you know, they deserve your respect. And all I'm asking is that you give dirtbag baseball nation a checkout and that you check out the rope trainer.com because Earl Perrin's the same way. I mean, yes, this is a business for the guy. He's developed something that is helping people, but that's really where it came from. The guy just wanted to try to figure out a way to help his kids. So, Great people, folks. Great people. And, again, if you know John Smoltz at all, he is exactly who he appears to be. The guy you see on TV, the guy that walks the walk, talks the talk, walks the walk, that's who he is. These guys care. They really do. And then to get a guy like Chris Verna, who's the best at what he does, and say, listen, right, wrong, or indifferent, we want you involved in us, and we want you to tell us if we're on to something, they've done it right. Make sure you check them out, theropetrainer.com. Another guy that I believe in wholeheartedly, does it for the right reasons, is a great Great resource of information. If anybody has the opportunity to ever be around him, work with him, do anything with him, you have to do it. Justin Stone, EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Take it away, bud. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with
0: EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with a different segment today. And we're going to talk about physical training and how that affects both your hitting fundamentals as well as your pitching patterns. So the off season when we get into the falls a great time to start to address physical needs of every athlete. What I've started to do at elite baseball training is a physical screening for all new clients and hitters that come into me for the first time. And I actually started this with our oldest clients. So in our college hitting boot camp this summer I noticed that hitters had a particular bias either from previous injury, general weakness of one segment of the body or they had lack of stability or flexibility. All of these things will affect the mechanics I'm trying to teach an athlete. So we spend all this time as a hitting instructor or a pitching coach trying to get hitters to have a certain pattern and to maximize kinetic energy transfer through swing efficiency or throwing efficiency. And sometimes kids just simply can't do it. And of course, you know this, if you're listening to it today, you're probably a parent or a coach of a young athlete, and you know you have some athletes that are just much stronger than others, and you say, well, this athlete A can't do what I'm asking him to do because he's just too weak. Well, now we have specific tests that can address these bias, weaknesses, and instability in joint segments that will all affect how well an athlete can go through a particular pattern. So we filmed this today on EliteBaseball.TV and put it on our members blog. And I'm gonna go through some of it quickly for you and show you how these things can affect the fundamentals, the bat speed, your power potential, and thus your production of what's going on to a field and have nothing to do with your actual mechanics except for how the body compensates for different areas of weakness. And the body is a great compensator. Unfortunately, when it compensates, it's usually breaking something else to try to fix one earlier area. And like we teach hitting and pitching, everything starts from the ground and works its way up. And we talk about loading patterns around the rear hip. And when we're loading a back leg in both a pitching throw and and a hitting swing, we're putting a lot of pressure and loading joints as well as muscles. So the ankle and the knee take a big load. And if I have ankle or knee instability, then it's gonna show up in how much I'm allowed to load in that rear leg. Second, if I have a bias over one leg or the other, think about all the the lifts that older athletes do. So we're getting to your teenage years, athletes are doing deadlifts, squats, front squats, and these are mostly two-legged movements. However, in a two-legged movement, we can still have bias using a stronger leg over a weaker leg, to lift the barbell in a particular movement. So these things have to be addressed with accessory movements that are just doing the one leg. So we do this with one-legged squats, one-legged step-ups, where we can address the bias. So the test that I do for this, I'll do forward lunges and look for ankle and knee wobbling, essentially is what it is. Inversion and eversion of particular joints shows instability, it's gonna lessen the amount of load, it's gonna lessen then the amount of power potential I have in that athlete. We'll do side lunges looking for the same thing, for a flat foot against the ground. If you're watching this on Jim's website today and not just listening to it, check the video of these brief exercises. I'm trying to keep my foot flat on the ground in a side lunge. Checking again for ankle inversion and eversion, i.e. that's wobbling. And If that is happening, we either have joint instability or weakness that needs to be addressed because we can't get a full load out of the lower body. Next, as the blower the body sends energy, passing it off like a baton to your midsection and eventually out the arms and through the barrel head, if my midsection isn't strong enough to receive that injury, it, energy, excuse me, it gets jumbled up in there and doesn't get passed on as efficiently. I always tell our youngest kids that that energy gets passed, the, passed from your legs to your stomach and gets mixed up with whatever you ate for breakfast and doesn't get passed on as quickly. So the two drills that we do for this as tests, is we're gonna do just a simple forward plank. Players should be able to hold that for at least a minute. If we can't get players to hold that from piking their butt or letting their stomach sink, then they fail the test and we have a weak core that's not gonna accept all that leg energy. But the swing is a rotational move. So we also have to test the obliques. Are the obliques strong enough to pass that energy on? If we have bias over one side or the other, remember we can always only accelerate as fast as we can decelerate. So if we have bias over one oblique over the other, this is gonna lead to injury down the road and also limit how fast my torso can turn. So what we're doing here in the 30 second segments is we're doing side planks. To fail the test, you're gonna see a player's hip drop back down to the ground. We want them to hold a very nice line from their ankle all the way to their shoulder or you're going to see them rotate or their belly button tries to go back down to the ground instead of staying on their side. That rotation is trying to get the big muscles of the core to supplement or make up for compensating for the weaker muscles of their obliques. So that would be failure of that test should that happen. Finally, we work into the upper body and our three upper body tests that we do here are testing Are the shoulders strong enough? And generally they are. This is an area that we don't have many issues unless we have previous injury. But for years and years, strength and conditioning coaches in baseball are very scared to have players do anything overhead because the baseball player's shoulder musculature was so sensitive in the rotator cuff and the labrum. Therefore, we have a a generation of players with very weak scaps, very weak shoulders, and it increases injury. So what we're doing here is a push-up plank where I'm keeping elbows locked out for a minute. Players should be able to hold that. If the elbows start to give, then we have weakness in shoulder stability joint, possible weakness in the scap. So how do we test the weakness in the scap? I kick up and do a handstand against a wall. If If I'm too scared to kick up into a handstand, which is fun for kids to learn and they can do it quickly, then you can do a simple wall walk. So that's keeping your chest facing the wall as you walk your feet up. But what we're seeing here is I should be able to hold that for at least 15 seconds. If I can't do it, we need to address that and work on it over time, because we see that we have scapular weakness and instability. So when we're talking about a scap load, trying to create hip and shoulder separation, torque in the swing, that's gonna increase how fast I can rotate. If my scaps aren't strong enough to do that, I'm always having a player that is gonna be rotating off the ball early. That is your classic rollover. and hey, you're pulling your head, keep your head on the baseball. So that may not have anything to do with the mechanics and may have more to do with the weak scaps. We are big proponents of J-band exercises and they can help the muscles around the scapula as well. But stability is also a big portion of this, not just, just the scapular strength and the muscles around it. And so loading that through a handstand is a great way to address that scapular stability and shoulder stability. So here you see, my point today, is it's not always just mechanics, that can make a hitter have drawbacks and lack of success. You have to address the physical aspect of it as well. And we filmed all of these different tests today and we'll continue to film the exercises if you're failing the test at elitebaseball.tv. So it's not just, hey, this is the way you should swing a bat. You have to be physically ready to swing a bat a certain way in order to have that success down the road. And you think about that, you don't see the big league guys doing this on TV. But they're doing it every day prior to the game that's why these physical specimens that you see walking out on the field when those guys you see them in a tight shirt or you see them in a locker room those guys are physical specimens that look often like football players because they are addressing these things that allow them to have those super high speed swings high speed throws and their bodies are capable of producing those efficient patterns you can too we just have to address these movements through these exercises. Until next week, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and we'll see you on the field.
2: Another quality guy there. Great information as always. Cares about his kids. Cares, loves the game of baseball. And you know, Another one of those guys like Darren Sutton today. I mean, you could literally talk baseball with this guy all day, all night long. So very blessed to have him as well. Rick Strickland Baseball. Uh, Rick does a great job. He brings us the Ask Rick segment each and every week. Let's hear from Rick now and see what he's got for us. Take it away, bud.
5: Hey, Jim, it's Rick Strickland again. Thanks again for having me on the great show. Talking to all the uh, podcast listeners and uh, answering the the great questions of the week uh, again this week. And this one was a kind of a uh, me for a loop a little bit because I'd never been asked this question before. Uh, so it's basically going to be my opinion, not really anything that has to do with anything baseball thought. It's just a general human uh, response uh, to a question. And that question this week was, uh, let me pull it up here real quick, it had to do with uh, cheating. And uh, I've never, ever been asked that. Uh, it's a difficult one because, you know, what we're. the first thing I would ask the the, the questioner out there is, what are we cheating for? Uh, what's the age group? How much money are we making off of it? Uh, those types of questions I would ask back to the listeners that that would be asking this question. Uh, the question specifically, the coach, can you ever envision a scenario that you would put you'd be putting a cheat to win a baseball game? And I'm probably the wrong guy to answer because in our history of, of our program, we have never ever made winning the sole focus of what we are trying to do one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to develop young men and women in our fast fit side of high character uh, because we're trying to sell these individuals to universities and to professional teams and things like that and people need to know that they're that the people that we are developing are dependable people Uh, people who cheat and lie and still tend not to be dependable so, from my perspective, the answer to answer that question is, no, there's no ever situation situation where we're knowingly going to cheat. Now, I say knowingly because you got a lot of rules and you got a lot of things like that, and so you may run into situations where there's some roster uh, things and stuff like that. But if it was going to be a situation where it was going to be harmed the overall integrity of the baseball game or the fast pitch game, the answer would be we would just simply remove the player from the game. I mean, under no circumstances is the game ever more important than teaching – uh, the young men and women who play this game, the integrity of being a human being, not necessarily a baseball player. So, you know, it's a, it's a real short answer for me, Jim, uh, in the audience out there because at no circumstances are we ever going to look at cheating to win a baseball game. You know, I don't I, – I just – you know, something that you recall back on after the fact and mm-hmm. having to answer for your actions on the field in some type of decision that you di- you did – that, to me, I'll be honest with you, if you get caught w- with the cheating, it's going to be harmful to your team, to those young men and women, uh, uh, boys and girls that are playing with you, that they have to be la- uh, labeled as as a cheater. So I-, I don't know that these $2 trophies, $3 trophies would ever get to the point in time in my in my life that they become so important that I would have to cheat another kid uh, out of a win. Let them win it. Be a fresh be lost with it, but at the end of the day, it's the beauty about the sport, about being able to compete, and if you lose... You know, go back and work on your craft a little bit more, become better, and go at it again. That's how it's supposed to be. So the short answer is absolutely not. There is never a circumstance whatsoever where in youth sports where we should be cheating to win a baseball game. Thanks, Jim. Look forward to next week's questions on the show, and keep the questions coming. Thanks. Great stuff,
2: Rick. Really appreciate you. I, uh, again, can't thank you enough for all you've done for me personally, but I know you've affected so many uh, lives out there and helped kids do so much stuff. So, again, thank you. We do appreciate you and, and coming on every week and taking of your time. Spiker, good stuff, man, today. I mean, that's, I, I, you know, and again, a guy like yourself, you know, I, you know, we get caught listening mm-hmm. like a fan, to be completely honest with you. And I know I could see you sitting over there thinking about the things that you do for your club and you have to make a decision all the time about what's best for the Rawlings Tigers Um, you know when you're put in charge of that many kids that many clubs and you're trying to do the right things you know becoming educated when you have the opportunity and you talk to people like this I could see you over there sitting there and thinking about how does this all apply to me
3: and my club We are very grateful. I'm very grateful that you have me on the show and you asked me to be a co-host because I get to sit here and and talk to all these big influencers in the space and Darren Sutton being one of those guys, um, obviously with uh, Rick Strickland too and uh, Justin Stone and all the other guys that we have. And it's crazy where this game is going and being able to sit back in this chair and really get caught listening and being, being a person that listens to the podcast. Cause I, I go back and I listen to the podcast and, and kind of see, Oh, what did, what did he say about that? So oh, I'm just very, very grateful that we're able to get in touch with these guys and they're, and they're very accessible.
2: Yeah. I, you know, for me, I've been through it with one kid. I mean, he's heading to college. My other kid is knee deep in this as a freshman and his days are ahead of him. Um, and, and, Really, where it takes us, it's a journey. I don't know where the journey goes. That's part of the fun, though. I don't know where it's going to take us. But to think, you know, we, we look at a lot of this stuff, you know, we're parents, right, or we're coaches. Step away. Take yourself out of it and think about, like, I did this. I really did. I thought, man, my son's just turned, I mean, he literally just turned 15 years old. Okay? It just happened. He's got his whole life ahead of him and how these things are impacting him and the decisions that he makes. I just, I hope the best for him to be able to do that, to be able to be impacted by something that he loves, the impactfulness of it. I don't know what that is. We're going to find out, but that's the journey. That is the journey. I know this. If he just kept playing around here and having success, it, that journey would take him this way okay this journey will take him somewhere else I don't know but isn't that part of the fun
3: that's the best part about all of this is that yes the end goal for for the player is to reach to the highest level possible most most have aspirations to play major league baseball that's why they're in the game I can sit here now and I, could, I remember days where I'm sitting in my mom and dad's hotel room on, on these perfect game events or um, these big big showcases and just like super frustrated with myself and be like, I don't know if I'm, I'm good enough. I don't know, like why am I struggling? And from that, it has transpired to me after the game of baseball to really realize the impact that that had, that five to, to six year window from going from high school all the way to college and then my freshman year of college and realizing, holy smokes, this is paying dividends right now. It's still paying dividends to me. There's things that I'm able to do and able to communicate with with people uh, in, the, in the business side of things and um, being able to communicate um, how, how I want to approach something. That is because of challenging myself and going to these events and, um, being on the best team I possibly can. Yeah. And, and there are, te- yeah. and there and there are teams better th- that were better than our team. Yeah. And I, and I, and I reached to my point.
2: Yeah. No, hey, listen, that's the other thing too. You know, I mean, listen, it's a journey. You're going to use that term a lot. What, what do we say? It's a, you know, Darren Hendrickson, our good friend from SLU, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Be a journeyman. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's what this is i just want to sit back and enjoy these next few years with my son and watch him grow both as a young man as a baseball player but again while i love baseball and i love the game and i hope he enjoys it as much a few years from now as he does today and while of course i it would be you know i would think it'd be great if he would go on to play in college and, you know or whatever if he was so fortunate or whatever I still maintain this. It's the life lessons and the experiences that I want him to have more than anything. They will shape who you are. And again, uh, there's people that'll argue that it's not perfect. I, I never said it was, but it is what it is. I, again, he was great, a, a, and I hope to have him on more. And again, I, I know, um, you know, I know that we'll all be better for 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 being being educated. That's for sure.
3: Do we have, do we have time for one more question? I want to ask you a question really quick. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> do you do you care that your son plays college baseball or is it one of those like you know it'd be nice do or, i care yeah like would it would or do you care, or do you it, care, care more about the experience i'm right not now?
2: i'm not gonna lie I would love him to. okay I would love him to have that experience i i mean I only did it for one year, it was great, and I loved it and it was awesome um but i you know I, I, uh, that's my personal as a father. I mean, what do we want? I, I want? I want my son to be a good person. I want him to have a great life. I want him to... That doesn't always work out, right? I yeah. Mean, to, 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 we can't shelter our kids. There, there's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. It, very rarely is it perfect, right? Yeah. Baseball to me, and again, people might argue this, baseball to me is a great life lesson sport if you handle it correctly. That's what I want. Gotcha. Now... Yeah, I'm selfish, of course. I want him to I want him to be I want him to be as good a player as he wants to be. I want him to have opportunities. I want, of course, who doesn't? Mm-hmm. I'd love it. Yeah. Absolutely, I would love. It. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to give you some some lying statement of, "Oh, I don't care. I love him." He's no, I'd love for him to. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, he's not going to I mean, I'm going to love my son. I just I want him to to do what he wants really wants him to achieve his, his goals in life, whether it's baseball. Let's face it, academics are important. All this stuff's important, right? I want him to reach his dreams. And if that happens, I'll be the happiest guy. No doubt. Awesome. Hey, guys, thanks for sticking with us. Long episode, we know. But, man, he was, I, I you know, like I said, we had him for 30 minutes. He stuck around for an hour. What a good guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the YouthBaseballTalk.com, make sure you check us out. Share the show, whether you see it through the website, Uh, Subscribe there. At Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us on Twitter. Simply type in Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. We'd love your support. Share our stuff. Check out lineupmedia.fm, fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. Special thanks to producer Brian Crock. We kept him around longer than we needed to today. Um, Again, Spiker, great stuff, man. We'll see you next week. Next week it is.
1: Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcast baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.